And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on The Athletic Podcast Network. And welcome to the pre-draft edition of Hoops Adjacent on The Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here. Waz in LA. What's up, sir? I'm good, man. Just, you know, just trying to maintain, excited about free agency, which has started four days early, which I guess we don't care about tampering anymore. Um, no. And excited about the draft, so I'm excited. <laughs> Let me just go on record to saying the NBA has the dumbest rules in history <laughs> regarding tampering. I wrote about this a year ago. They're stupid rules. Let everybody do whatever the hell they want. They're going to do it anyway. And you're not going to find people and you're not going to take draft picks away because you guys love transactional Twitter at the NBA. You pretend like you don't. But you love seeing all these tweets because you love people talking about your hot stove league all summer or in this case, all winter long. So please stop it with the integrity of the game nonsense. Get rid of the stupid rules. Let people talk to whoever the hell they want to talk to. Let coaches say, hey, you know what? I'd love to have Giannis on our squad next year. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're calling him anyway, and you know it, and I know it, so stop lying. Thanks. (laughs) So, so anyway, uh, welcome to the show this week. The man, dudes and dudettes, nobody knows more about the draft than Sam Vecini. Sam, all the way from Australia, where it is 8 a.m. Wednesday as we tape this. It's the next day, so you can tell us who tell us who uh, is going to be drafted by Minnesota since it's already Wednesday. Man, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, I am more than happy to come on. We've got Waz, who is just one of one of the best human beings, one of my favorite people. Oh wow! To talk Thank to. you, man. And we got <laughs> we got the icon DA. Of course, I'm going to make time for you guys. Come on. Oh, dude, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You, you know, and I accept the compliment, even though I still feel like it's like <laughs> I'm getting the I'm getting the Irving Thalberg Award from the Oscars. <laughs> All right, old man, you're on your way out here. Here's one more award for you. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, you got you got an no. unbelievable story coming out today with Kelly, from what I've been told. So you are yeah. still in your prime. This we was are. fun. It was fun writing it with Kelly. That was fun. Um, just unloading on why what's happening in Houston. What? My God. They're gone from like being a game away from the finals just two years ago. So we're just, yeah, it's a teardown. We're just, everything must go. <laughs> Clearance sale. It's crazy. I wonder how, how what quite... changed in the last two years, though. I well, wonder... you have to read the story, oh, don't you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring DA into the conversation here. Welcome to Who Comma is. On the Athletic Podcast Network. I turned it on and I heard Shaq with the barbs and like the bullshit and bracket I was transported right back into it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I think I rap better than Shaq. David Aldridge. Oh, he's totally playing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then he got their lungs out in front of everybody on TV. Michael was not your friend. It was popping So the Chicago and Detroit stuff, that was real. That was real. I mean, God forbid we don't have scholarship money. We can't pay for the charters for the water polo <laughs> in Iowa. 
Some some cataclysmic event. It's just you know, teams get old. Guys aren't as good. You know, their their defense. They 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 went all in a couple years ago to try to to build a team that was good enough defensively, and that just went away. And they tried this small ball, and Tillman Fertitta said, "I'm not paying the tax, so get rid of all the expensive players." <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know they they. They tried this thing that could not work against a team like the Lakers. Um, I thought they'd be more competitive than they were, frankly, against LA in that series. Um, and now it's time, you know, when the man when the man looks at his watch, says it's time to go, it's time to go. Um, but it is it's amazing how quickly it turns in the NBA. So I got to ask you guys before we get into the draft. Obviously. What do you think the the big move on Monday night was the Drew Holiday trade? Is that enough to keep the keep Giannis happy? Do you think? It seems like they would have had to had his tacit approval in order to yeah. pull the trigger on it. So whether it keeps him happy, you know, you know how this league goes, DA. It's a results based and driven league, right? So if they do well, yeah. I'm sure he'll be happy about it. If they don't, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to go back and say, "Well, I approved it, so I have no right to be upset." <laughs> like I don't think that's how that works, right? But No, it's not how it works. You know, for me, uh, I, I know people are saying, "Oh, they gave up a lot," and which is fine. I think it's fine to give up a lot for somebody who you think is really going to help you do what you do. I think my problem with the trade or the deal is I don't think it fundamentally changes how they operate in half court offense right I don't I don't see Drew Holiday as this great distributor or setup artist who's going to just make sure Giannis gets the ball when and where he likes it and Giannis is not expending as much energy like 25 away feet away from the basket and trying to create like he did in the playoffs that being said um, the holiday move doesn't happen in a vacuum. I think the Bogdanovich uh, trade is also a great one for them. They've definitely upgraded their talent when you think about Drew going from Eric Bledsoe and uh, George Hill to Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich. I think that's certainly an upgrade. I just don't believe functionally they change how they operate on offense. Like, functionally in the playoffs is going to be Giannis trying to beat guys one-on-one. And when he kicks out to Drew Holiday and Bogdanovich, they're going to be attacking collapsing defenses. And maybe they'll be better at it than the guys before them. But I don't think it's going to be meaningfully better. I'm on record as being not very impressed by these moves. Just, just <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I disagree. I yeah, disagree. Go ahead, though. Go ahead, I think Sam. that these are the perfect moves for the Bucks because – you go back, you watch Drew Holiday play in that playoff, those two playoff series with Anthony Davis. He worked perfectly off of a big, uh, multi-talented, versatile offensive big man. Uh, the way that he attacked creases, the way he was able to play in pick and roll, he was awesome. And then the really underrated move, I think, is getting Bogdan Bogdanovich. That dude is really talented. Yep. If you go back and you look at his track record over in Europe, uh, back when he was playing Euro League, back when he was playing in the Turkish League, like we're talking like multiple MVP awards, multiple uh, finals MVP awards. This guy consistently steps up in the biggest moments. He is uh, absolutely fearless in a way that like, look, 
guys, like, I don't think I'm breaking news. Like it felt like the Bucks at times, a lot of their perimeter players were afraid to take the shot hmm. in that hmm. series against Miami. Right. Like they didn't, they didn't want it at that level. Guys like Bogdan, guys like Drew, they're comfortable taking those shots in a real way. I think that this is a much more confident offensive team now than they were, uh, you know, 24 hours ago. Yeah, um, I, I would say this. Here's a, I'm a big believer in what Casey Stern, my friend who works at Turner, who loves baseball and covers baseball, always says about you can't trade you can't trade your your top minor league players for a one year rental for a pitcher, even if that pitcher helps you win a championship. And Casey always says prospects are cool, parades are cooler. You know? <laughs> and I agree with that. 100%. You know, I don't care about no damn draft picks, especially the picks that the Bucks have. As long as Giannis is on your squad, you're picking yeah. in the late 20s. Yep. Those picks are meaningless, essentially, um, especially this year's pick. What? Who, who the hell was Milwaukee going to take at 24 that was going to crack their rotation next year? You know, nobody. Um, and when you have one year to prove to Giannis that you're serious about winning a title, I mean, again, this year's pick doesn't mean anything. So – it's essentially to me you're pay, you're trading two firsts. You're not you're not losing two other firsts. You're swapping. So you're still going to get the picks. They're just going to be a little later. Who cares? You're still if you have Giannis, you don't care where those picks are. So you traded two firsts to, to me for Drew Holiday. Now that's a lot still, but I think Sam's right. Drew Holiday has played in big play in playoff series. He played great against. Portland a couple of years ago, if you guys remember when when AD was still there and, and New Orleans upset Portland in that first round, he was terrific in that series. Um, he's a very good defender. Guys around the league keep telling you consistently he's one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. Um, you didn't, I mean, essentially you gave up Dante DiVincenzo for, for Bogdanovich. And again, if I'm Milwaukee, I make that trade a hundred times out yep. of a hundred. All due respect to the yep. other guys in the deal. Yep. Um, now, how do they fill out the back end of their roster? That's going to be, that's going to take some doing and some creativity. And they're going to have to hit on a second round pick or picks in all likelihood um, to, to make it worth their while. But they will find a minimum guy, a minimum vet to play with that group to come off the bench and have no problem with it. Um, somebody will do that. Maybe two people will do that. I think they'll get it done. And it's not, it's not perfect, but for what they had to work with, I think they did about as well as you can expect um, in terms of surrounding Giannis with more defenders and two guys that aren't afraid. I think Sam's exactly right. Not afraid to shoot and and can make those shots. Now we'll see if they make them. They may not make them, Um, but they're not afraid to take them. So I think it was pretty good deal. Yeah. Now what do you guys think? And I think, I think just to, to follow up on what Sam mentioned, I might be, a little down on Drew Holiday's playmaking ability, right? Like maybe he is more mm-hmm. d- dynamic yeah. and pick and roll than I'm giving him credit for, which I, if he is, then this deal makes a lot more sense for me to me. And I think another thing that people are underrating is, you know, part of what sunk them against the heat was just their inability to diversify their defensive schemes. I don't know that the two guys that they brought in actually do that better than Eric Bledsoe, who people don't realize is like an 
excellent defensive player. Yes. And George Hill, who, you know, he's getting up in age. He's not what he used to be, but I'd still say he's probably better than Bogdanovich, right? Like, so I don't know that their defense has gotten any better. And obviously their coach hasn't changed. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I just, I guess I'm just not as excited about the deal as everybody else is for the Bucks. And maybe it's because, I would have been more excited about seeing somebody like Chris Paul come in there. Mm-hmm. And per- perhaps Giannis was like, ah, that guy's old. I don't need him over here, whatever. But um, <laughs> right. that, that that that's just me. See, I think the bottom yeah. line is you don't oh, – go ahead, Sam. Go well, ahead, I was going to say it was like you hit it on the head with Budenholzer at the end of the day. Like they need Mike Budenholzer to be willing to diversify his defensive scheme and be willing – Miami sliced them up, man. Yeah. And that's going to be the key. That's going to be the absolute key here for this team. If it doesn't work through the, and I guess we won't know if it's not going to work because this is going to be a great regular season team, right? Like we have no doubts that they're going to roll through whatever the equivalent of a 60 game winner is in 72 games. The big key is figuring out, will Mike Budenholzer be willing to adjust in the playoffs? Because right now we have ample evidence throughout his career in Atlanta and throughout his career in Milwaukee that he is a, we're going to run the scheme guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, he's going to have to change or he will be changed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, um, yeah. And, and, and I can't imagine the bottom line with all these deals to me was, is you don't make these deals. If Giannis doesn't tell you I'm signing, you know, yeah. I, I'm, hmm. I'm, I will resign. If you do this, if you do these things, now, maybe One it wasn't think. literally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe it wasn't, it it maybe wasn't literally get Giroux holiday and get Bogdan. Um, Maybe it was just get me two better players. Um, But you get the thumbs up from, from the franchise player before you pull the trigger on these deals. So I would be shocked if we don't see Giannis sign a long-term deal. And if I'm Milwaukee, what the hell else do I care about? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I got the freak for at least a few more years. I can take another couple of cracks at this and maybe we break through. Maybe we don't, but at least I got the, you know, the best player who's played on this franchise for 40 years on my squad for another few years. And I want to say that too. If Giannis resigns, who cares? <laughs> like right. who cares if right. this is more successful or not than last year? It doesn't matter. If you get this yeah. guy to sign on the dotted line for five more years, everything is worth it. Cause this guy makes your franchise relevant by himself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a- absolutely. Yeah. So what did you guys, I thought, I thought it was a low key deal that I really liked, which was Portland getting Robert Covington. Um, wonder what you guys thought of that gave up two first. And, and again, that's, that's a lot for Robert Covington. I get it. But if I'm Portland, I like Robert Covington as a stretch four. I like Robert Covington defensively. Um, I, to me, it's, it's worth, it's worth the investment. I look at that as an investment in a guy that can really play with Dame and CJ throughout the rest of their prime. But you guys tell me, what do you think? Yeah, I I loved it for both of them. I thought it made total sense for both Houston and Portland. On Portland's side, they really need that, like, you know, four-man power forward defender to be just like a monster in help defense and a monster on the weak side uh, whenever they drop Yusuf Nurkic because you have to be able to kind of bait guys into making that cross-corner kick. You have to be able to bait guys into being able to, uh, you know, try and end up 
screwed on def or on offense when you're driving. Uh, it's a really important position, and you need some weak side rim protection with it as well for yeah. whenever Nurkic kind of gets caught in the gap. So it's a perfect fit there, and obviously he's a shooter as well. On Houston's side, I like it regardless of what they end up deciding to do with James Harden. Like, look, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think it looks like a teardown, DA, but like – even if it, even if they decide to keep Harden, the Covington deal didn't really work for them because, for instance, in the Lakers series, all the Lakers did because Houston runs this switching style defense was involve Covington in the primary action and get him switched on to a guy, right? Yeah, get him yeah. switched on to a guard, get him switched on to LeBron, get him switched on to Anthony Davis. And it just didn't work. It, yeah. He is not as good of an on-ball defender as he is an off-ball defender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get two first-round picks. Even if you end up deciding to keep James Harden, I would venture those two first-round picks. You're probably going to be able to move those on easier to go get help for Harden than you are uh, moving Covington on. So yeah. I think they're probably going to move Harden at the end of the day. Like It seems like that's the direction it's going. You would yeah. certainly know better than I do, DA. But like mm-hmm. I... Kind of like it regardless of how this goes. Who covers the Rockets for us at the Athletic and I are just, it's just posting now a, a, a long story on what the hell happened in Houston. Um, but yeah, his point, and I think it's a good one, and, and this speaks to your point, Sam, is that, you know, Covington on a micro ball team is really valuable. Like he's exceptionally valuable. But if they're just going to go back to being kind of conventional, you know, under Steven Silas going forward, he's not quite as valuable to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, he, so from that standpoint, yeah. it makes sense for them to move on and you get two first for him. Um, I think I agree with you. I think that's a pretty good deal for Houston. Um, and, and I also agree. And it's, it's kind of the, the uh, statement operating statement of our piece is that whether it happens, you know, next week or next month or next year, it looks pretty clear that Harden's going to move. They're going to move Harden. It's just a matter of what deal is out there that gets them to yes. And it's out there somewhere. And it, whether it's Brooklyn or somebody else, there is a deal out there to get James Harden. So I think, I think it's, it's pretty inevitable, which is just shocking to me just because it's happened so fast, you know, it is, yeah, that's on the Houston side. And I think, you know, our colleague John Hollinger, right after they lost, was like, they're going to have to move Trey James Harden. Yeah, Credit right, to John right. for saying that. Like, basically, immediately, it's like yeah. the team's not really yeah. going to get better under the present circumstances. And why would they want to keep Harden under that circumstance? And why would Harden want to be there? It would seem to be like this is the direction that it was heading in the first place. And I think... You know, if I was Houston and I had James Harden under contract for three years, I'm absolutely playing him mm-hmm. next year right. for sure. And then I'll take I'll take my chances next offseason. Like, look, I got a superstar with two years left on his deal. Yeah. Let me hear what you Back guys got. Like, truck, right? If 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 yeah. come on now, if, right, if right. Drew right, Holiday right. is getting you know Ooh. three first rounders right. and a couple of pick swaps, let me let me hear what you guys got. Right, and so I think. Trading uh, uh, Covington in that regard, is, you know, you could say that Trevor Reza is clearly an inferior player at this point in his career. And who knows? Because, like, Houston's management is so 
<laughs> unpredictable now that I don't I don't know yeah. what they want to do with that first round pick, right? I think another team you might say, oh, they got that first round pick. They could use that to sort of make up the difference in talent between Ariza yeah. and Covington and figure out how to get the roster situated that way. But with Houston, we don't know whether they're coming or they're going. So you know, I'm interested to see what they do. I, I just find it laughable that a Brooklyn package involving. Karis Levert and Spencer did win if would be yes. enough to get it. I can't, I can't for, believe like, that. Harden, I believe like, for a second. Yeah. That's yeah. insane to me. Like, he's so much better than anybody who's come onto the market since basically AD. And, like, you know, he's way better than yeah. Paul George. He's way yeah. better than Drew Holiday. He's way better than, he's way better than Brad Beal, oh, wow. right? Like, well, he is better. so much He's better. He's better. much he better. Way better in my opinion. <laughs> like, yes, Brad Bill by himself doesn't get no, you 45 wins the way James Harden does. No matter what. Brad Bill by yeah. himself gets you 19 <laughs> wins. I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, Man, and, and I like Brad Bill. my guy like that. You know, Man, he gets you 30. Come on. Saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I can't clown my dude like that. I'm just saying. So, you know, because it's because it's Houston, I'm confused by everything they do ever since new management came in, starting with the Harden deal. So, I mean, the um, Westbrook deal. So we'll see. Now, Portland, um, to get back to them, a team that actually, you know, right. has sound management, actually does things that you could be like, oh, wow, right. that makes sense. Um, They finally replaced Aminu, who was so good for them. Um, and they struggled to fill that Aminu role ever since he left the team. And I think Covington slot, slots perfectly into that. Um, obviously upgrades their defense. He's the perfect type of guy to play next to a Dame and a CJ who, you know, they have their defensive issues and they're really ball dominant. So you need guys that can just spot up and shoot, maybe, you know, score for cuts and things like that. So he's perfect for right. what they're trying to do. Yeah. And, and off of, off of Waz, like, I've been trying to figure out who the best that's offer what, that's is what I was gonna ask for James Harden. <laughs> like I've been trying to figure out like yeah. yeah, like where where is it? And Warriors fans in like the league are gonna melt do down. Really? I kind of what would you Warriors. do? What would the, what would you because are we putting Clay Thompson in this deal? No, because the draft lottery odds, if I'm Houston, I'm trying to tear this thing down. Oh, like I pick, am I am tearing it down to the studs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the number two pick, and it's really hard to go out into the future and actually guarantee yourself the ability to get a high pick because right. the lottery odds right. are so flat now, right? So if you can say that you're getting the number two overall pick, plus you're getting that Minnesota pick, which I don't know about you guys, I don't think Minnesota is very good right. next year, right. Right. even right. though they have this number one overall pick. Like I, right. okay. The West is just too competitive. So you get those two picks, you get... Maybe mm-hmm. a far out into mm-hmm. the future Golden State pick after Stephen Curry, James Harden, right. 35 years old and everything. You know, you get Andrew Wiggins, you get Eric Paschal, right? You go out and it, it, maybe you get Kevon Looney. I think okay. you have to get Kevon Looney to make the money work. I think that's probably the best mm-hmm. deal out there for them other than one other one I thought of. What if you added well, I think Philly's going to make a run at it for sure. Yes. And Any Simmons? What if you did... Yeah, what if it was a three-team deal with Ben Simmons going to Golden State? All of the picks, all mm-hmm. of the picks going to Houston. So you can get number two and number 21 and number 34 and number 36 in this draft. You can get 
the right. Minnesota pick in 2021. You can maybe go out and get a future Philadelphia pick. You can go out and get a future mm-hmm. Golden State pick far out. I would imagine that Golden State probably does that for Ben Simmons, right? Like three yeah. first round picks, Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. Kevon Looney, and Eric Paschal. I would imagine that Daryl Morey would probably be okay with giving up Ben Simmons and stuff mm-hmm. for James Harden. And being able to pick up like a draft package like that for James Harden seems like the right. best deal on the market to me. I, I'm trying to figure it out I, myself. The, I mean, what do you guys team, think? The one deal that I really kind of like if I'm Houston, because I do need to get somebody back that is all-star caliber, I think, would be the fair thing as opposed to draft picks. Mm-hmm. Which, and, the, and the two picks from Minnesota make perfect sense, Sam. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um but I would certainly, if I'm them, yeah, yeah, yeah. the deal I would, I, I'd go talk to Toronto about Siakam and about Norm Powell and about a whole bunch of picks um, because I need an all-star, which Siakam is. Um, I need a bunch of picks. All due respect to Toronto, do they, do I think they're going to be good at five years from now? Eh, <laughs> you know, we'll see, maybe. Um, but um, to me, getting a well, and to your point, DA too. I would imagine that the Giannis Giannis signing yeah. potentially in Milwaukee, we think, exactly. might make that's them operate th- a little bit differently. Toronto, because well. I think that door's about to close. Frankly, I mean, again, anything's possible. He could still walk. Maybe he walks to Toronto. Maybe he walks to Mil- to Golden State in a year. I don't know. But it's it seems to me they wouldn't have made these deals if they didn't know Giannis was staying. Um, that they didn't have a commitment from him that he was staying. Um, so to me, go get an all-star who's still young. Now, look, we look. he was not good in the playoffs. We all saw it, okay? Um, but I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt that maybe the circumstances, the bubble, all of that was weird and unusual. And uh, um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to, you know, down him as a as a potential all star player, um, under contract. You know, at, at a big number, but still under contract, which for Houston's going to matter in a post Harden world. Sure. You know, <laughs> see if 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 I'm um, if I'm Houston, I'm I'm calling yeah. Boston. I want I'm calling Boston about one of their yeah. their young wings, and the bottom line mm-hmm. is to me, James Harden is a better player than either one of those two kids mm-hmm. are ever going to be. <laughs> and so uh, that's why I would be interested in okay. it if I was Boston and he's under contract yeah. for three more years, right? Like we always hear about Boston. Oh, we were in on right. AD. Oh, we were in on Jimmy. Oh, we were in on Paul George. Oh, bust a move. Put yeah. one of these kids up there. Get get an actual MVP candidate in your building for the first time in basically <laughs> since right. Kevin Garnett. Um, That's who I would be calling about because those two young wings seems to still have um incredible reputations yeah. in the NBA as far as their potential and yada, yada, yada. So that's who I'd be calling about. I would be calling about a Simmons or Tatum or Jalen Brown because, yes, I want to try to figure out how to draft the next guy. And Houston, obviously, we know they gave up a lot of draft capital swinging for the fences for Westbrook but whatever that's neither here nor there but I personally because I don't like young guys I would want to see somebody who I've actually seen be young and flash NBA superstar potential and for what it's worth was I would bet you that the deal looks closer to what you Mm -hmm. guys are saying than what I'm thinking because 
if you think about Houston right now, a Tillman Fertitta, like the whole Tillman Fertitta thing is like, or Tillman Fertitta is broke thing. Like, look, <laughs> Tillman Fertitta is richer than all of us combined yeah, by sure. magnitudes of hundreds and thousands, right? But he still doesn't like to lose money. And a part of this is like Houston is probably going to be one of those five to 10 cities that allow fans into the arena this year, uh, just given the way that that state's political ecosystem works. So are fans going to be as willing to come in and pay money and risk getting COVID if they believe COVID exists for a product that uh, is less than less than exciting to them. So I would bet you that you guys are right, that those are the kind of deals they look at. Cause I would bet you those are the kind of deals that Fertitta is willing to do. But man, if I was them, I'd be, I'd be tearing this thing down to the studs. I would want a 50, 50 shot at keeping a top four pick next year because their pick swaps are protected one through four. I would, I would want to get as much potential high end, like superstar talent as possible. People think Jason Tatum is like, I don't even know. He's like a cross between the next Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron, right? Like, that's how people view him. But for me, and and this will shock a lot of people because, and then by shock, I mean the opposite of that, honestly, because I've been probably the most (laughs) down. I've been the most down on Jason Tatum as anybody has ever been who covers the league. And I just feel like, you get a James Harden in there again with three years left on his deal. Um, he's just a more dynamic offensive player than anybody you could possibly get in there. Um, and to me, you should be dangling one of those two young guys for precisely this type of player, right? Like a known quantity who is under contract for more than one or two years. Um, I think that would make them excellent. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. I know that's blasphemy for people who think that, you know, Jason Tatum is Dr. J, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan rolling to one. <laughs> but, like, you know, to me, Boston should seriously be looking into acquiring James Harden. Well, this is – it's a good place to pivot because to, to the draft because, as Sam, I'm sure, knows, Boston's offering all of their draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> They're offering everything under the sun to move up. So, certainly, they have the draft capital – to put something on the table along with one of those two young players um, in a potential deal for Harden uh, saying, but so do you think Sam, let's start with that. Do you think Boston can package these three picks and move up into the lottery as they're trying to do? Oh man, I would say, yes, I think that they, uh, I don't think they're going to end up being able to do it. Uh, just okay. kind of talking around to teams, it seems like there's a pretty real cutoff. Uh, and this kind of matches mm. where I'm at as well. That There's a pretty real cutoff after Lamella Ball 1, James Wiseman 2, Anthony Edwards 3, uh, and then some mix of, and those three can go in any order, and then some mix of Onyeka Kongwu, yeah. Isaac Koro, Tyrese Halliburton, Denny Avdia, uh, Obi Toppin and Pat Williams. That's nine. So nine guys. And then some teams have Devin Vassell a little bit higher. Some teams have uh, Killian Hayes and Kyra Lewis a little bit higher. Right. But it's, it's something like nine to 11 guys basically Mm -hmm. where teams see like a very real cutoff. So 
Yeah. I think a lot of teams are convincing themselves that they want one of those guys. So it's going to be harder for Boston to, Boston to move up. Now, if I was a team like Washington, for instance, and, yeah. and Onyeka Okongwu does not fall to me. I, I would draft Onyeka Okongwu if Washington is there and he's right, there at nine right. because he's a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. I have him at number four on my board. I think he's one of the surest things in this draft to at least be a quality NBA starter. There's no way he's there at nine. Zero chance. I would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, like I yeah. have it mocked right now because the order says to mock it that way. I think that a team yeah. like San Antonio is, you know, a potential team to move up. A team like Boston, yes. um, you know, there are rumors mm-hmm. that they like Isaac Okoro. There are rumors that they like Onyeka Okongwu. Like someone is going to try to move up for Onyeka Okongwu. So if he is not mm-hmm. there at number nine. If I was Washington and Boston's offering me a ton of picks to move up, I would say, hell yeah, give me those picks. I actually kind of like the depth from 20 to 45 in this draft. I think there are going to be a lot of good role players right. and Washington could really right. do well to pick up those guys. You guys, you guys only- are really entertaining this Boston moving up stuff. How many times is Boston going to flow? Yo, you know we offered this and we offered that. You know we did. You know we was in on this. How many times are we going to do this with the Angel Gene, man? See, These this dudes is why- never pull the trigger. This is why I was initially hesitant because 100%, they do it every year. They do it every single goddamn year. Where this is a thing. And this year, I think it's more real because they have a real roster crunch at the bottom of their roster. They have like 14 guaranteed guys already. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Gordon Hayward, obviously. Um, And they have some guys that they can get rid of, right? Like they have Carson Edwards. They have Vance on Poirier. They have Ennis Cantor, right? Like they have ways to maneuver around this roster crunch. Shimmy Ojale and Brad Wanamaker, not bringing those guys back. But... At the end of the day, they're also competing for a title, and I don't think they want to use three draft picks at the end of their roster in addition to the three that they used last year and have 40% of their roster be first and right. second year three guys. Guaranteed first, guaranteed first round money. Yeah, that aren't necessarily super high level difference makers at this stage. So I think yeah. that part of it, I think the logic behind it makes more sense than it ever has. What if I? But yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough to find the team at the top, I think. What if I told you they were trying to get to two? And I'll let you fill in who you think will get them to two. And it's not the three first round picks, obviously. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll be honest. <laughs> I would not move Jalen Brown for number two. Uh, if the if the Warriors were willing to do Marcus Smart for number two, like Marcus Smart and 14 or something for number two. Yeah. I think Boston would entertain that, to be honest. I think. Boston would too. Yeah. I think that that would be a very potential. Oh, I don't outcome. know if Golden State would. I don't know if Golden State would entertain it, but I think Boston might. Yeah. And by the way, like, you know, here we are, like I'm, I'm talking about James Harden being potentially in the mix at number two. Right. And Ben Simmons being yeah, in the mix yeah. and Boston's coming in with Marcus Smart. Like, I don't know if that's going to get it done, but you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by that at the very least. If um Golden State and nothing better comes through, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. No, absolutely. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And that gets us into what, you know, what Golden State is thinking about, let's say for the sake of argument, because, uh, you know, we had John Krasinski on last week and he's not, he doesn't think Minnesota's going to take ball at one. Yeah. He thinks it's more likely they go Edwards, which would make sense. Um, but let's say they take whichever one. They take Ball or Edwards one, and whichever one they don't take one, I would imagine Charlotte takes it three because I am I still think Golden State's got to take Wiseman, right? That's everything that I've been told is that the most likely guy yeah. that they would draft is Wiseman. Yeah. It just makes too much sense, right? Yeah. I mean, they need a, they, they've needed a big. He's a, he's a pretty – Pretty imposing and, you know, potentially dominant big. You got to fill that place after the Splash Brothers age out. And he might be the best chance of doing that. Um, Because the other guy, I just don't, you just don't know about Ball and Edwards. No guarantee, right? No guarantees. Yeah. um, I I have concerns with Still should be very good. Yeah. I I have concerns with Ball. I'm just confused as to why. Is it just a, 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 you know, something of a circumstantial thing where the teams that have the top two picks kind of quote unquote don't have any use for Lonzo um, for um, Lamelo Ball, even though, you know, I, I'm not a D'Angelo Russell guy, so I don't know yeah. why it was like like I would have that dude and be like, I can't take any ball dominant guys because I have D'Angelo Russell entrenched. But is it just a virtue mm. of the teams at the top because it was seen? You know, seven months ago, six, um, eight months ago, that Lamelo Ball was considered the guy with the most, you know, the highest upside between his size, his feel for the game, his athleticism. Mm-hmm. That mixture, he kind of trumps everybody else in those regards, right? Like Anthony Edwards has all this athleticism and he has good size, but nobody respects his feel for the game or IQ or just you know high level basketball stuff. And I would say the same about Wiseman. Whereas Lonzo, um, I keep calling him Lonzo, LaMelo Ball, everybody <laughs> agrees that like his passing is on another level and, you know, maybe he could get his shooting yep. to where it needs to be. And he has great size and he has enough athleticism. What is it that he's not in the mix at the top two anymore? Nobody's like trying to jump ahead to try to scoop him in these top two picks. So I think he is in the mix, I'll at least say. Uh, I have mm-hmm. moved Anthony Edwards up to number one. I, I do think that Edwards is more likely to go now at number one. Here's the problem with Minnesota. Minnesota caved to Carl Towns a little bit and went out and decided yeah. to trade for his friend. Right. And <laughs> right, right. that always works. Right. His, <laughs> that always works, his right. friend <laughs> in D'Angelo Russell, who is a very good basketball player. Like, I don't mean to like shit on D'Angelo Russell hour here. Right. But yeah. He is not one of the 10 best point guards in the NBA either. So if you can go out and get a LaMelo ball, that's what I'd be doing. 
but it also yeah. probably pisses mm-hmm. off D'Angelo Russell, and you probably can't trade D'Angelo Russell because that will piss off your franchise centerpiece in Carl Towns. So, I, and the and and he can't play the he can't play off the ball. I yeah. just don't think D'Angelo Russell can play off the ball. He's got to have the ball. Yep. And obviously, Lamelo's got to have the ball for this to make any sense. So, how does that work? And by the way, I don't think it does. Sneaky thing <laughs> is, Anthony Edwards has always played with the ball in his hands too. So, like, there's yeah. a thought that pushing him off ball will unlock him a little bit as a cutter yeah. and as a, uh, you know, off ball mover, and it'll help him with shot selection. He's never done it in his right. career. Like, I'll tell you that. Like, he's, this is not something he is used to doing throughout his career. He's always had the ball in his hand. So, I think that that's yeah. projection in some way, and that's okay. The NBA draft is projection. It's, a massive amount of projection because you don't take guys uh, who are 19 years old to be what they are at 19 years old. But right, I, right. I don't know. Like I, I think like it's pretty clear to me. Like I would take Lamelo at number one and just not think twice. I would try to. Tra- <laughs> yeah. I'd try to trade the pick first. Like I'd see what's out there on right. the trade market. Right. But if there's right. nothing out there, I think Lamelo's the guy for me. But I also am a lot higher on Lamelo than you know some people are. I guess. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sam, does it does it make sense for see here it, to me in a perfect world, LaMelo goes three to Charlotte. I think it just it just feels so many different agendas, I think, for sure. Maybe it's not, but to me, Charlotte so desperately needs a star down there, you know, somebody that can really become a star and they, they just don't have a lot of juice down there right now. And this kid has a chance. Now we don't know the shot, all the defense, all of it. I grant you, all of that is a problem potentially, but he's got a chance to be a star and they, and to have someone like that locked up, you know, and you build around him for a couple of years and you see how far you can grow it. Um, they don't have to move up to one to do that, do they? I mean, if they like to me, if I'm them, either I get Ball, who's perfect, or I get Edwards, who's still really good. 
and 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 somebody I can build around as well. So they don't have to move up to one to take ball, do they? Well, I'll tell you, if they move up to number one, I don't think they're taking either of them. I think they're taking Wiseman. Just from you think Wiseman? Okay. Yeah, just from yeah. everything that I've been told. And this goes back like before the lottery, even like that they've right. really liked Wiseman throughout the course of the season. So, and mm-hmm. obviously he did not play this season, but the front office has been fans of Wiseman throughout the course of the season. So, yeah, if they do that, I think they're moving up to get Wiseman. I would personally not do that. I agree with UDA. I would absolutely just hold Pat, hold Pat at number three, see what falls, and I'm going to be happy with any of those three guys. I don't know if that's what they're thinking. If I was you, I would pray it's Lamella Ball that falls as opposed to James Wiseman as well. But again, I have Lamella Ball at number one. So I'm, you know, you're kind of right. preaching to the choir here, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> like, but, but Sam, uh, but, you know, a couple of questions. First, um, I want you to articulate to our listeners why you like LaMelo sure. as opposed to Anthony Edwards or Wiseman. Sure. So LaMelo Ball, I think, is going to enter the NBA as a top 10 live dribble passer from the jump. Like mm. he is mm. that good as a ball handler who can gain separation. He's incredibly creative. I. Uh, the way that he reacts to the defense and the way that he thinks through getting past the first level of the defense, you know, some guys, you know, they have all these moves in their tool bag and they can set guys up and then they don't know how to actually blow by. Right. Mm. He can get by like he knows how to react yeah. to a defense. He knows how to read the first primary defender's hips and then blow by and see where his weight's leaning and then get past them. The second part is he's unbelievable at reading the second and third levels of the defense. You look at some of the passes he makes, they're incredibly intuitive. And that's where the difference is between him and Lonzo. Lonzo Mm. is a great point guard at running the break, leading out in transition, and keeping the ball moving on offense. He's almost more of a Mm -hmm. secondary ball handler, though, in the half court. Right. He's not a pick and roll sort of dynamo. Right. Right. LaMelo Ball is that. LaMelo Ball is a pick and roll monster who can break down any guy in front of him that he wants. So I really like that guy. He's 6'6". He has the ability, I think, to at some point finish at the rim once he gets stronger. Uh, He's a really Mm -hmm. good floater game already. And a lot of like, Mm -hmm. I know he shot 25% from three this year. A lot of that comes down to shot selection. Yeah, they were just terrible looks. Terrible looks. And And part of it is... Accountability oh, ahead, as well. Like it's accountability with uh, in the NBL. Oh, like, you mean he, just, he didn't take the, the seventh division in Australia seriously? That's crazy. 100%. I can't so, imagine well, why he wouldn't take that yeah, seriously. This gets to this gets to what a lot of people have, have, you know, a lot, and you've talked to a lot of these people, I'm sure, as sure. well, Sam. It, uh, that this is part of the concern. Yeah. Is that he's never been challenged. <laughs> At any level that he's played at, going back to high school, yep. you know, and then Lithuania and then this, and then Australia. And it's really less about the, the, the quality of the competition as the kind of bargain that those, those teams made yep. to get him to come play there. Yep. And so what happens when veteran on whatever team, you know, says give me the effing ball no <laughs> you know and it's not even and, that. And how does he how does he respond to that you know how does he respond to a coach that says hey you do you have to do a better job getting getting this guy shots you're not doing a good enough job 
It's, you know, does he accept that coaching or does he shrink from it? It's that everything, like you said, has been catered to him on the court, right? Like he's gone through it. Like, I, I don't care what people will say when I say this. He's gone through adversity off the court. You get pulled out of high school and have to move to fucking Lithuania in the middle yeah. of winter. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> yeah. that's. That's real adversity that you have to That's figure out. Man his, shit, for real. Yeah, like his mother had a stroke and like in the middle of this, like he like had, while she was recovering, had to move to Lithuania. He's had to adjust to moving right. to Australia. So I don't mean to say that he hasn't gone through adversity and fought through it. He has not gone through on-court adversity and fought through it. And I think that that is where right. NBA people get concerned. What happens when things aren't catered to him? You know, Part of the reason that I think the Warriors would be a little bit less interested in this is something that you just brought up, DA. Like, throughout the course of the year, he played like 400, 500 minutes in the NBL. I think I counted like it was somewhere between like seven and 10 times where he's supposed to be tagging the backside in a pick and roll coverage where he's supposed to be like just covering the roller. Yeah. My man was just wiping his shoes. Just not. Literally wiping his shoes, getting ready to jump up for a rebound to try and lead the break. And can you imagine Draymond Green seeing that? Can you imagine (laughs) he might, he might punch him like on the court in the middle of an NBA game. Like we might have our first like violence incident between teammates. Is is it inter or intra? I always forget. I don't know if it's inter or intra. (laughs) Intra team squabbling, (laughs) brawling on the court. Yes, I know. That's, yeah. That stuff's going to take time with LaMelo. But plus, and this is the other reason why I think Charlotte would be good for him. Can you imagine what Michael Jeffrey Jordan will do to this kid? (laughs) (laughs) It will be a sink or swim situation if he winds up in Charlotte. I think the good thing about that too, DA, is the level of deference that most people realize that they have to show to Michael Jordan, right? Like, even somebody who's had that, you could, even if you've lived under a rock with your head completely up your own ass your whole life, you know that you gotta show respect to Michael Jordan. So, Right. That would actually be pretty cool to see unfold, honestly. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Michael, first first meeting, Michael, jo- oh, your father said he could kick my ass? Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> That'd be amazing. All right. <laughs> I forgot about how, that. How much, how much I money? Love, I'd love to see it. How much money would you guys pay for a pay-per-view of Michael Jordan meeting LaMelo Ball for the first time after he drafts him <laughs> and just talking immense amount yeah. of shits about his father to him? Just about how I don't even know who your father is. I'm, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no joke. I would I mean, pay hundreds of dollars to see it. He might have. Yeah. He might have. Didn't didn't he average like four at Santa Monica Community College or something? <laughs> I forget what it was. He that, he did that robust three point two. Yeah, I forget what it was. Levar did. Yeah. So I think that would be that would be awesome if we could see that see how that how that works because I think. Michael's not stupid. He knows the kid's talented, yeah. but I would love to see him. I would love to see his methods, as they say in the Untouchables. We do not approve of your methods. <laughs> and so, I'll say this too, like the Charlotte <laughs> development staff, and I'm sorry, Waz, I'll let you go here in a second. No, no, the Charlotte no, ahead, development staff has been very good over the course of the last couple of years. You look at what they've done with PJ Washington. You look at what they've done yeah, with yeah, Devontae man. Graham. Cody Martin Devontae is a second Graham round pick, was pretty useful miracle. this year. Right. Like they've, They've done really well with young players. I think that if there's one place I would like to see LaMelo land personally, uh, among the real potential options here, I think it would be Charlotte. 
Yeah, it's best of both worlds. I mean, it gives them a chance. I think it gives that franchise a chance to be relevant again. You know, and that's I'm I'm in, I I love the NBA. I want the NBA to do well, um, but it's only going to do as well as its weaker teams and smaller markets do. You know, so that's why I would just I'm just hopeful that they can. It looks like you know New Orleans is doing fine now. I think we all agree they're doing fine. Um, you know, Sacramento is sort of going in a direction. We'll see. But Charlotte kind of is stuck, I think, and has been stuck for a while. Um, and I, you know, you just hope that they can figure it out. Let's move on though to Chicago because that's a big market, big history, new management though, obviously. Um, you tell me, I mean, there's an obvious pick that they, that's been wedded to them, uh, from jump street, but I, you know, I can be convinced otherwise if you can. No. What do you think? I'm actually kind of with you on that. Uh, everyone I've talked to has just basically said that, you know, new general manager, uh, I guess Mark Eversley is the general manager, but the uh, the new yeah. president of operations, Arturis Karnisivis, has been very quiet throughout this process mm-hmm. in terms of what he's done and the way that he's gone about his business. And that's kind of the way that he operates. So – right. I'm not saying that like they're not interested in Danny Avdia. Every other mm-hmm. team that I talk to, like the teams that are beneath them in the lottery, like, you know, the four, five, six, seven, eight, nine range. Most yeah. of the teams I've talked to are like, yeah, we think Chicago's gonna take Denny. But I haven't gotten anyone from Chicago to say they're taking Denny. And <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. a little bit I'm, I'm not, I'm saying, I'm, I think it's like, I have Denny mocked there, right? I think that yeah, yeah. Denny makes a lot of sense for them in a lot of ways. But if you told me that they're kind of a wild card here, I would not be surprised by that. I would not be surprised by that at yeah. all if they take someone like a Kyra Lewis at number four, try to move down mm-hmm. to take like a Kyra Lewis. Or if they take a Isaac Okoro at number four, who I think is probably the best fit for them in this class. Yes. So, yes. Look, I, I think it's, you know, everyone that I've talked to says, yeah, it's it's probably going to be Denny. But I, I, yeah. I don't I don't know that it's going to be Denny. I, I haven't gotten the primary source to say it's Denny yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if it well, let's let's say they do. Let's say Denny is still available. I would think Cleveland would have to just go for the talent at that point, wouldn't they? Or I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, if Denny's available at five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that they would definitely take Denny. Uh, one thing that they sneaky did uh, this offseason was uh, they hired Leron Fannin, who is their now director of player development for their G League team. Uh, so that her family has been tied to Maccabi Tel Aviv for years. Like her father was okay. a vice chairman. Uh, her brother is the current strength and conditioning coach at Maccabi Tel Aviv. Uh, right. It's, you know, she was an assistant general manager there in the late two thousands. Like it is all of the connections are there for them to end up with Denny. And everyone that you talk to about Denny says, all of the background is pristine. He's an incredibly hard worker, a great kid. Like everything there is going to come back great. And he's a great fit for this roster. He's like a secondary ball handler right. that can play with Colin Sexton, can play with uh, Darius Garland. Uh, that that to me, if that happens, I'm not even like a massive fan of Denny. I don't have him in the top five. But 
that's that's a perfect fit for player, for team, for everything involved. Where I, I think that I would be surprised if he got past number five. Okay, but I have to ask you something. How how does a professional basketball player playing at a pretty good level of basketball sure shoot fifty six percent from the line? How is that possible? Yeah, I don't. That is weird to me. Like that's weird. No, it is, um, and he doesn't in this day in this day and age, especially like he's not like Andre Drummond out there in terms of touch. Right. Like right. he can kind yeah. of shoot threes a little bit. Like he can like yeah. he's. He's comfortable shooting threes at the very least. He goes, they go in at like a 30 to 32% clip, but he's comfortable taking them. So yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with his free throw shooting. It's very strange to me. Uh, it's it. Look, I, I don't mean to like ascribe things that I don't know necessarily, but like it almost has to be like a mental block on some level. Right. 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 So whatever it is, if you, if you, you can't play at the end of a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just can't, I can't put you out there if you can't make a free throw. So it's, it's going to limit his kind of learning curve. If he's not on the floor at the ends of games that have, where they have a chance to win, or if he goes, if he is on the floor and he makes one out of six, you know, down the stretch. Yep. I mean, he's, that's just bizarre to me in the age where shooting is everything that someone could get, get to this level and, and still struggle that much from the line. Wow. That's a wow to me. Um, and, and, and Sam, I, I can't, I can't let you leave out of here um, as a good New Yorker without asking you about nah. what the hell it is. The Knicks are trying to do here <laughs> because they, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't understand. They're trying to get Russell Westbrook. But the, like, I'm just like, is it Russ? Oh is it Van Vliet? Is it Chris Paul? Um, I haven't well, heard it's not Chris Paul anymore. Well, obviously, <laughs> right? But I haven't heard any a single thing about, all right, well, this is what we think we should be doing with RJ. Or like I, I don't know, right? Like, do they think RJ is an initiator or is he a finisher? Do they need to get somebody in there who could set RJ up and make sure like like what are the Knicks doing? <laughs> like what is yeah. happening Pause. over there? Your guess is as good as mine. Like <laughs> I've been, I've been calling and asking everyone what the Knicks are going to do. What are the Knicks going to do? And everyone's just like, they, we have no idea because they have brought in a bunch of point guards like Kyra Lewis and RJ Hampton and Killian Hayes. They've brought in the wings like Isaac Coro and um, they've brought in uh, Devin Vassell as well. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't think they're going to take Onyeka Okongwu because they have Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I, I Like, there have been some reports out of New York that they're kind of souring on Tyrese Halliburton a little bit. I, mm. I'd be, like, Tyrese Halliburton was signed by CAA. These guys know Tyrese Halliburton's game really well. Exactly. It's just which CAA they're gonna, guy they're going to take. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like... Just I'll, pick one. I don't care. <laughs> I've been kind of operating under that for a while. Uh, right? <laughs> if Obi Toppin gets there, so Obi Toppin uh, signed by CAA, obviously. Uh, right. The thought yeah. is that if Cleveland does not end up with Denny, that Obi uh, is most likely to be their guy. So... It's a safe pick, right? Yeah. If Obi, Cleveland. if Obi was, let's say that Denny gets past Chicago because Chicago goes wild card and, yeah. you know, Obi ends up down at eight. I think that that makes some sense, right? That they take the guy yes. that they yes. recruited at CAA that, um, you know, they clearly at least 
like enough to recruit him as a client. And that kind of fits with what they have. Like he fits well with Mitchell Robinson uh, as a four next to Mitchell Robinson's rim protection abilities, the five. So yeah, I think that that one is the one that makes sense. I just don't know if he's going to get there because I think that if Denny is gone, that that's probably most likely to be Cleveland's guy. So yeah, I'm was well, the answer is, I don't know. I've, you could tell me <laughs> any one of like six names with New York. I feel more confident that Kenny Payne convinces them that like Emmanuel quickly is an unbelievable kid and that they should take him at number 38 <laughs> than I do right, that, right, 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 uh, right. that they're going to do a specific thing at number eight because it's just so, it's been so all over the map that it's really hard for me to even gauge. Isn't, isn't Toppin a, a, a somewhat of a duplicate of Knox though? I mean, I, I, but like <laughs> Knox has been so horrible. The idea that you're like, oh, it I don't want to get, right? I don't want to yeah, get somebody yeah, who's going to take yeah. his minutes. He's horrible. Right, right, right. He's horrible. His minutes right. have to be taken away at this point. <laughs> his minutes should go. <laughs> wow, I mean, cool. let's, cool. let's let's hope that Kevin Knox turns it around. I think he's still like 20 years old, but yeah. I don't think that you make draft decisions based off of Kevin Knox, given what we've seen. Right. You know no, what no, I, mean? I don't mean based off of Kevin Knox. What I'm saying is that, you know, they it's not like they're a 60-win team. Let's put it this way. <laughs> They've got a lot of holes. You can fill several of them before you get to his hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like you said, there's maybe a chance, maybe Tibbs gets it out of him, turns the light on. You never know. Um, or maybe he doesn't, but at least give Tibbs a year to find out, right? So to me, it's like, yeah, you could do that, but there's – there's so many holes on that team. I wouldn't even be shocked if they took Okonwu because as much as I like Mitchell Robinson, again, how many games did they win last yeah, year? So I, what, yeah, who's, I, I think who's untouchable on that cool, squad? But like, I, you know, I don't, sure. I don't know that I do my draft based on, man, I got this really young guy, Mitchell Robinson. Like, eh, I guess. <laughs> if, if they took, like everything, with, think, everything with the Knicks is, I guess. I, I, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. Everything they do. Do we think they're going to get Westbrook? That's what I want to know. Do we think they're really going to pull the trigger on that? I think it depends. It would be so Knicks, Knicks to do that. It's always in the mix with the Knicks. <laughs> I think it depends if Charlotte gets Lamelo or not. If Charlotte does not get right. Lamelo, it's more likely that they would end up with Westbrook because you're right. A, they, they wouldn't have their point guard of the future. I, I think that they don't really see like Devontae Graham as like their number one lead right. guard creator of the future. So if they can go out and get one right. of those guys, I think they would. There's the obvious connection of, you know, Russell being represented by Jordan Brand uh, or Russell. And, and Michael loves him. Yeah. And Michael loves him. Michael yeah, loves yeah. him. Loves the competitiveness, loves what he stands yes, for. Yes. Like, I think that that is real, but I think that they would, if they take LaMelo Ball, I think that that's going to end that so it would be much more likely that they end up getting or be much more likely that russell westbrook would be with the new york knicks i think right right because who else so, sam let's, who let's, else right there's <laughs> right, nobody else they're not i mean they they don't have they have they can't get hardened they don't have any assets to get hardened so i mean um, there's other bloated contracts that they could get they could probably oh, go absolutely. out and try to get john wall perhaps they might have an interest in tobias harris al horford i mean there's plenty of other ridiculous contracts that make no sense would, on this team that they could go out and get I guys would, i would give i would say <laughs> if give me a year with wall 
because I do think there will be a market for Wall if he shows this year that he can still play. But nobody knows that yet. Nobody's seen him play in two years. So you just can't pull the trigger. But after this year, if he shows – well, they're going to trade Beal anyway, so it doesn't matter. So. But like <laughs> here's, here's the problem that I have with that because I agree with you. I think they're probably going to trade Brad at some point. Yeah. Why are you delaying the the inevitable? Just why? Like this is your time Sam, to I cash t- I in. I said this. I wrote this a year ago that they should have traded him last summer. Yeah. You know when they could have gotten even more for him because he had three years left on his contract. You know, yep. like they could have gotten so much for him. Yep. If they, but but Ted needed to sell some tickets. You know, and that's what it comes down to in, in D.C. is that the owner didn't want to have an empty building last year. Yeah. Um, so. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's what happened. And um, I still would have traded them this summer, you know, this offseason. Now, I think you're it's not that you're running out of time and they could still do it next summer and get get a haul. Because to Waz's point earlier, you got three firsts and two flips for Jeru Holiday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm like, you know, if I'm the Wizards, I'm saying, hey, come on. That's that's the floor for Beal. Right. I mean, I. I have to ask for at least that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I still think that that's the smart move, but we'll see what they do. I can't. I can't guarantee it. They may continue to chase unicorns. <laughs> Let, let's get out on this. Um, give me, give me one guy or two guys, if you want. Okay. Who are going to be picked way earlier than people think? Who are going to be picked way earlier than people? Way think. earlier. Way earlier. Like they're going to be picked oh, like man. ninth or eleventh. And everybody's going to go, what? <laughs> you know, and you're going to go, hey, I understand. I get why they did that. See, like, I get why that guy's going in high. I kind of mentioned this earlier, but there, there is like a real, like Patrick Williams has really risen throughout this process. But like, I think people know that right. Patrick Williams is going to go number, you know. He's going to Detroit at seven, right? That's the theory is he's probably going to Detroit at yeah. number seven. Um, or a team yeah. is now moving ahead of Detroit to try and end up with Patrick Williams. Right, right, uh, right. So... Man, a guy that I think is going to go really much earlier than what I think. I'm like so in the weeds on this shit. Um, (laughs) I I can give you guys that I think will go later. Can I can I turn the question on its head? Maybe. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like I was just wondering if Sadiq Bay would go like a top ten and just shock the world. He could go ten. Possible. Yeah. Like I think Sadiq Bay and Aaron Naismith like are very much potentially on the board for Phoenix. At number 10, yeah. uh, you know, Aaron Naismith, again, like a guy that that could shock people. Uh, Desmond Bain, like I think is probably yeah. going to end up going. If you told me Desmond Bain goes like anywhere 18 to 20, I think that uh, 18 to 22, I think all those teams like him. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not top right. 10. The guy that I think that people have gotten a little bit out ahead of is Killian Hayes. Uh, mm. When I talk to teams about Hayes, it's more like. You know, we think he's like an end of the lottery guy, maybe like a mid first round pick. Uh, he's not super right. athletic, doesn't have a right hand. You know, the jump shooter, the jump shot is still developing. But then like you look on the Internet and Killian Hayes, you know, some people have him at he's six, number five, right. you know, <laughs> seven. I, yeah, I, I yeah, love right. Kevin O'Connor, one of like the nicest human beings on the planet. Kevin has him at number one. Right. So. There are people that are reputable and smart, like Kevin, that really love Killian Hayes. And in general, I can't get that same kind of enthusiasm for him from NBA Mm -hmm. teams. And if you you told me he's on the board for Houston's pick now at 16, 
I don't think I would be totally stunned by that at all. And right. the other right. guy that I think will would make headlines if he was to fall mm-hmm. is Cole Anthony. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like the blooms off the rose there. Yeah. Teams that I've talked to, like I've talked to a couple that just like don't have them on their board. Um, but if he goes anywhere from 10 to outside of the first round, it would not be a stunner mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I, I think his floor is genuinely that low and that, you know, I, I hope that like no one goes through what Bull Bull went through last year, uh, you know, having to yeah. wait around. And then I think he ended up leaving the green room and, uh, you know, ended up coming back when Denver drafted him. But, you know, I, I think that if there's one guy that I would point to that that has potential to happen for, it would probably be Cole Anthony. Well, man, so we could do another hour on this. This is, it's the best, it's the greatest time of the year. I mean, it's crazy. It really is. It's insane, but, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, people, this is when teams can get better and they can do it quickly. Um, and if you hit on, if you hit on a guy in the lottery, it's a, it's a decade long run. You go on a decade long run in, in the NBA. Yep. Uh, if you hit on the right guy. So, um, man, Sam, thank you. I know it's early in, in Australia, uh, man, and I appreciate you coming on so much. Um, and I know this has been, if, if you haven't gotten, if you haven't downloaded Sam's draft guide, what the hell is wrong with you? It is, there's nothing like it out there. And, uh, and look, I've, and I, like you said, I've read Kevin O'Connor stuff. He's very good. He's yeah. very good, very thorough, but there is nobody that does it like Sam does it. Nobody. Um, this is phenomenal. It's an incredible amount of work. It's a must download. It's a, if you don't subscribe, you must subscribe just to get this, if nothing else, because uh, it's an incredible amount of work, man. And I thank you for, for taking some more time out to talk to us about this, man. And I appreciate it. Hope everybody is safe and happy down there. And um, uh, so the draft, let's see, the draft's at 7.30 Eastern. So that would be, man, you're going to be up early, aren't you? So here's, to watch that? <laughs> here's, here's the problem with me. I have all of my clocks set to Pacific time still because I moved from Los Angeles. Right. Okay. So I'm right, right. I don't know what the fuck time it is now. Like, let's just be honest. <laughs> like you could, I think it's like nine o'clock. You can tell me. It's, oh wait, maybe it'll be a little later. It'll be mid morning for you. Mid mid morning Thursday, I, I guess when the draft actually takes place. I, I think, think that's right. Yeah. I think I figured out that it's going to be like 11 o'clock. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I think so. Yes. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. Right, I won't be too bad. <laughs> Thanks guys. So lunch, I appreciate it. It's been amazing. You, Sam. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Thank you. Oi, oi, oi. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. If I ever could was, I'm so I'm so chicken shit. I, I can't get on the plane to go to Australia. And I want to go, I want to see the Sydney Opera House with my own eyes before I die. What yeah. you just don't want to do the 14 and it's, a half? It's 14 and a half from LA. I just can't do it. No, nah, you good. Just can't pop a Xanax, it. DA. You'll be straight. I know. That's what everybody tells me. Just knock yourself out. Uh, guys, you know, I will tell I you. Just, that flight is not as bad as what you think it is going in. Cause I had the same deal, right? Like when I first came here yeah. six years ago or whatever, I, I was concerned. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah. You pop on movies. It's a great way to like disconnect for 14 hours. Like you don't have phone access. It's honestly like, it's if kind of I a could dream sleep on the plane. <laughs> if I could sleep on the plane, I'd do it. I actually, well, I went down to Rio for the Olympics in 2016 and that was nine and a half from Miami. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I got through it pretty pretty well. 
So I guess I could do 14. I probably could, but I need, I still think I need drugs. You just, might. It's just me. But it's, anyway. I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. Uh, my wife and I had, yeah. to, we had to, you have to do a 14 day quarantine whenever you get to Australia right now because of COVID. And we did ours right. in Sydney and we got out like mid afternoon, right? Probably around like four right. o'clock here. So we walked from the hotel we were staying at to the wharf where you can like get on a ferry and we took a ferry out right past the opera house. It was amazing. It is one of the most beautiful scenes you will see on planet earth. I I recommend it to absolutely anybody that would ever, uh, would ever consider, uh, not moving to Australia, but at least visiting. No, I want to go. I want to go. I want to spend like a month there. I chickened out. I should have gone to the Olympics in 2000 there and I chickened <laughs> out and it's, and I've always regretted that. Um, so someday, someday, man, we'll stay safe and um, listen, everybody enjoy the draft on Wednesday. Uh, give us that five-star review on Apple podcasts on Spotify, wherever you hear us. Um, and uh, look, uh, by the time this comes out, there'll be seven more trades that we can talk about. <laughs> next week. All right. See you. Mm-hmm.